When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi there, it's Megan Mitchell from Agents of Change. Thanks for checking out my podcast. If you enjoy the content, please check out my ASWB test prep courses for the bachelor's, master's, and clinical exams. Each Agents of Change course includes more than 30 key topics that closely match the ASWB KSA content areas. Our content is great for both auditory and visual learners and includes video walkthroughs, supplemental materials, hundreds of practice questions, and twice monthly live study groups with me. You can learn more and get 10 free practice questions at agentsofchangeprep.com. Welcome. This is Megan Mitchell with Agents of Change Social Work Test Prep, and I'm here today to bring you another social work short on a topic and a question that I get frequently from those taking the exam, and that is, should you change your answers on the ASWB exam? Oftentimes we ask, ask ourselves to change. Do I not change? Do I flag? Do I not flag? And today I'm just going to briefly go over some of the pros and cons of going back and changing your answer on the exam. So have you ever sat down for a standardized test and you are constantly second guessing yourself, wondering if you made the correct decision or worrying that if you changed your answer, you change it to the wrong one? Well, there is actually a term for this. The term that psychologists call this phenomenon is response change anxiety. And that is the fear that changing an answer might lead to a mistake rather than a correct response. So we internally fear, oh no, what if I change this to the wrong answer? So then we hype ourselves up more, we start second guessing and there is this fear. And why do you think we do that? Why do we question ourselves? Often, well, this is kind of the theory, is that this anxiety is coming from the belief that our first instincts are usually right. So we might be having this anxiety that if we change an answer, it might be incorrect because most times it's best to trust your gut and cho choose your first choice and trust those instincts. So I always tell people, trust your gut. And we're going to talk about when is it appropriate to change your answer and when should you not change your answer. So first, let's talk about the evidence. So there was a study that actually showed that most changes from an initial response tend to be from a wrong answer to a correct answer rather than the other way around. But there is a caveat to this. There are certain times that it is appropriate to change your answer. And this study looked a little bit further into that and discusses when you should change an answer. I always want to say exercise caution when you're making changes. Don't just do this out of impulse. Make sure that you have evidence as to why you're changing your answer and you're not letting your anxiety or fear or self-doubt creep in to cause you to change the answer. So don't just change it for the sake of changing it. You need to have a valid reason why, you need to have evidence, and you need to trust your gut. So when should you consider changing your answer? If you're unsure and you mark it and you have time to go back, 
and you have a revelation, right? You're like, oh, of course, aha, it's come to me. That would be a good time to change your response. I call these those light bulb or, or those aha moments. They're, it's going to be very obvious that you selected the wrong one. Some sort of knowledge pops into your head and you feel confident that you picked the wrong answer, right? So those aha moments, those will come to you, but they're few and far between. Another time that you should potentially consider changing your answer is if you go back and you misread it. So have you ever gone back and you're like, oh, I totally missed what this was saying. Um, sometimes coming back to it a second time with a fresh you know, perspective does show you that you maybe did not interpret it or read it correctly. So sometimes when we're in the heat of the moment, our adrenaline's going, we might have misread or misunderstood a question or read it in a way that it's not intended to be read. So if you're reviewing your questions and you find that you've done this, you can change your answer, right? If you're like, okay, I now have evidence that I didn't understand this correctly. I missed this piece. That would be an appropriate time to change your answer. This is especially important if you rush. So if you're someone that goes fast and you sometimes miss details because you might be going fast, when you go back to do the review, this might be the case that you misread it or you read it quickly and you were missing some pieces that you needed to answer correctly. Foundational knowledge. If upon review or maybe throughout the test, something came to you, um, a fact, a piece of information, um, maybe you're looking at your whiteboard and something's coming to you and it tells you that your initial answer does not make sense because you have that foundational piece of evidence. So maybe you were thinking of a defense mechanism and you go back and you're like, that is absolutely not the right defense mechanism. You have that foundational knowledge. Trust your training, trust your experience, trust your knowledge. That would be an appropriate time to change if you have evidence to change it, right? That something is telling you that yes, you were misled, you misread, and it's appropriate to change. I will say, I always tell people though, trust your gut. When in doubt, trust your, your gut. There will be these very clear times that you might need to change your answer, but I do, do, do not recommend changing just for the sake of changing. The odds of you getting it correct are not going to be in your favor. When should you not change your answer? What should you avoid? If you plan to change an answer based on a hunch or you're like, it, it, I've had some experiences myself where I'm like, this answer sounds better, but it's the, has you have no data, you have no facts, you have nothing to back it up, stick with your original choice. Don't let anxiety and fear talk you out of something that you felt confident in. Overthinking. Do you ever feel like sometimes you look at something and you've overthought it so much that you don't even know what it's asking at that point? If you get into this endless cycle of rethinking things, going over and over and over and ruminating about if you made the correct option in your head, trust your initial instinct and do yourself a favor, pick that answer choice and move on. Um, overthinking can really be our enemy on this exam, especially because time is of the essence here. And when we start to overthink, we start anxiety comes in, we start to doubt ourselves, and then we're really not focused, right? We're more focused on overthinking if we got that one question right or wrong. Every question is equally important. Make your best guess and move on. Do not spend too much time overthinking any one question.
Remember, time is limited. This is a timed test. Unless you have special accommodations, you will get four hours for this. And there's going to be 170 questions, which only gives you about 1.4 minutes for each question. So you have about, let's say, 75 to 85 seconds um, for this. It's important that you answer all questions before going back to review questions. Why is this? I've had some people that get really stuck. They overthink things. Get through all 170 first. Flag any that you feel that you need some extra time for or you want to go back and give a second set of eyes on. However, do not review while you're going through the exam because I've had some people that um, they do not get through all 170 get through 170. If you have time left over, go back and review. But you do not want to run out of time and not even be able to have the, the appropriate amount to give all questions the equal brain power, the equal time that they deserve. So um, flag. Um, and people always ask, how many do I flag? That's a, that's a personal preference. Um, if use the flag tool, however, it's going to work best for you. And you should be practicing that use of the tool on the ASWB practice exam. However, check your time. Um, you want to make sure that you're not in a time crunch. That's why practice exams are good for you to time yourself as well, because it's a very um, foreign situation that we're in when we're in a testing center four hours sitting at a computer, it's going to be very different than anything that we have done before. Practice exams are your best friend. Not really, but they are very, very important. So the more you take practice exams, the more data, the more tools, the more support you are going to have to help you make a strategy. So you need to familiar, familiarize yourself with the format and the types of questions that will be asked on the exam. That's why you don't want to go in without having practiced any sort of full-length exam. You are less likely to misinterpret or misunderstand a question if you have practiced doing this with hundreds of questions under your belt. Mock tests are your friends here. Use them to your advantage. And I will say, I have seen a lot of people take mock exams, practice exams, and not use them as a tool. The pass or fail is not really as important as going through the rationales. How was your anxiety during the exam? How did you feel um, energy-wise? Were you able to sustain focus? I say that practice exams should be taken really as a dress rehearsal, right? So if you're taking a full-length exam, try to make the testing environment that you're taking the practice exam as close to the real thing as possible. So you want to be free of distractions. You want to be able to do it in one sitting. Um, that's really to help you build up the stamina. Like we talked about, it's not very often that we sit for four hours to do a mental um, test such as this. So it's really important that we build up our stamina here. So we recommend taking the official ASWB practice exam, and then we also have two full-length practice exams several weeks before your exam to get you feeling comfortable. Go through every single question, not just the ones you got wrong, and understand why you got the question right or wrong. See if there's patterns. Um, are you missing a lot of human development questions? Are you getting caught up on macro level questions? What are the patterns that you're noticing? Are you getting a lot of first questions wrong? Um, it will help guide you in the last weeks before you sit for your exam. And it's going to kind of 
um, help you focus on what you need to focus on leading up to exam day. This is going to help you build comfortability with the exam structure. Um, you never want to get into something and it feels completely foreign. Like you, you're like, I cannot sit for four hours. I'm completely distracted. I don't have the stamina. You want to be able to identify your weaknesses and you want to have time to address them. So that's why we say two to three weeks before your exam, because you don't want to take it one day before and then you feel completely overwhelmed and you don't have time to, to use the practice exams as a tool in the way that you should. So please, please, please use practice exams as a tool. And remember, it's just one tool. You can't rely just on practice exams. Content is the base of what you need to build you up to doing practice exams. So what should we talk about this a little bit, but what should you do when reviewing practice, practice exams, especially when deciding if you should change an answer or not? Was there any patterns? Was there any questions where you did not trust your initial response and you ended up changing it and you picked the wrong answer? I've heard so many times people saying, oh, I should have just stuck with my original answer. I changed it and I got it wrong. Notice that if you do that, you need to have a strategy for how you're going to address that. Maybe it's anxiety. Maybe it is second guessing. Maybe it is fear that is causing you to change your answer. So there's some things to think about when you're looking for patterns and changing your answer. Was it a lack of confidence that you're just like, you know, I wasn't sure. So I went back and changed it. For me, I had that problem and I was like, well, this answer sounded better. So it must be right. So that was really the confidence piece. Are you second guessing yourself and you're talking yourself out of good rationale? Or were there external distractions and you're like, oh, I, I changed that because I really didn't even really give it the attention it needed and I was rushed. Or I noticed my mind was wandering, wandering and I was distracted. Analyze these patterns. These are data points that are going to really help you. They're going to help you see how you decision, um, make decisions, right? Um, how does anxiety play into this? How are you in a four-hour timed test? So they're going to help you from repeating the same mistake again. So that's why I think practice exams are so important. It's a data piece. It's going to help you strengthen your decision-making process, and we don't want you to repeat any mistakes from time to time. So should I change? Should I not change? It's up to you. However, there should be careful evaluation taking when considering if you should change an answer. You should be looking at, do I have evidence to change it? Is it logical for me to change? Am I confident that changing this is the best decision? Anxiety and fear can definitely affect your ability to make informed decisions, right? Think of times you're so panicked, right? Think of fight or flight response. And we are not grounded in our, our nervous system is not grounded. So we are not our best selves when we're super anxious. And we might just choose something out of impulse, right? It's like, oh, I, I just want this to be done. So I'm going to move on. Make sure that you're keeping your anxiety in check. And this is hard, right? It's a it's a very high stakes test. It is if you ha are prone to testing anxiety, if you are a second guesser, if you um, ha have a lot of fear and a lot of self-confidence issues, work on that. That's such a big piece for this exam that I think that um, a lot of times uh, test preps do not tap into that enough. You want to make sure that you're practicing self-care. This all really matters. You could be so confident, so knowledgeable, and you get into the test and that anxiety takes over, and then that's going to take over our thinking process and our ability to regulate. So make sure that you're practicing 
getting that anxiety under control, working on self-confidence, talking yourself up, right? Knowing that you can do this and making sure you're taking care of all of your needs prior to test day. If you are looking for more ASWB study content, you can check us out on agentsofchangeprep.com. We really have material for everyone. We have free resources, paid resources. We support all levels of the exam, and we would love for you to check us out. If you have any questions, you might reach, feel free to reach out to me directly at agentsofchangeprep at gmail.com. And remember, this is a very tough obstacle to clear. But with the right tools, the right mindset, the right strategy, you can do this. And remember, you got this. Thank you for tuning in and make sure you subscribe to get access to our latest YouTube videos. Thank you.